The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. I am Valerie Kirkgaard. This is December 8th, 2010. What an exciting time to be alive in history. You are waking up, I hope. <laughs> I know I did that because of drippy. You are listening to Waking Up in America, dynamic radio dialogues on issues that matter. And we are listening to you, and we are really listening to you. And with that in mind, we have a really special guest today, Bob Dumas. More on that in a few moments. But it's about listening to you and listening to each other. We're actually going to be heading into our 24th year of radio, and we really want to thank today's title sponsors for making this show possible. So we want to thank Emergency Management Solutions and, bless their hearts, um, that's CW, who right now is somewhere on the countryside of um, Missouri, as I recall, and he will be calling in when he gets good airspace. We we will be welcoming um, CW. Okay, and he is one of the major producers and sponsors of this program, Emergency Management Solutions Global One. Also, we got Sir Jason Winter's tea, and honest to gosh, you, you guys, I drink this tea, and I drank it when I found out that people that had had different serious illnesses, you know, all the way from, oh, cancer to bad cuts or asthma or anything of those natures, that those those things all improved when people strengthened their immune systems and that Sir Jason Winter's tea is absolutely one of the ways to strengthen your immune system. And uh, you can check these out on our website and order from here. And do honor our sponsors and check them out and do all that good stuff because they've got valuable things to offer and they've, they've put their money on the table to make sure that shows like this could be on the air. Also, we want to um, send you to L.A. Lifestyle. I like these guys. They're a really good nutritional grouping. Uh, all, all kinds of good stuff for losing weight, for getting strong, and all those different natures. And they also give discounts to military and seniors. And I like to deal with companies that I like the way they think and what they do and that they have a good quality product. And they're not the most expensive, nor are they the cheapest. Uh, however, I think they're the ones with the most heart, and that's why I picked them. So I'm inviting you to go over there and check out LALifestyle.com. Also, I've been badgering the company because I want them to give me promo codes. But if you say that Val from Waking Up in America sent you or the radio show, um, I'll arrange a 10% discount for you even if you aren't military or a senior. So how about that? So if you want to write us a note while we're on the Air today, really easy to do. What you do is you send an email to Val, and that's V-A-L at wakingupinamerica.com. Once again, Val, V-A-L at wakingupinamerica.com. Now, most people know by now that I'm a firewalker and that I carried the Olympic torch, okay, back in 1983. And one of the reasons I mention those things is that I want you to realize that I put myself through some really harrowing 
situation when it comes to firewalking, rather a scary thing to think you can get through, and some also very inspiring conversations such as what it is to be an Olympic torchbearer. And I carried, when I carried that torch in 1984, I actually carried the torch for the people. I had one-third of the money, and I collected the rest of the money from friends and neighbors and things like that. So I've always represented the people, so to speak. And now you can represent the people because your listener is listening to what needs to be listened to, okay? You need to hear the fact that our government has refused literally refused, and it wasn't just one administration, whatever their reasons were for refusing this, to bring home Korean War prisoners from 1953. Now, I remember being on TV, and it was black and white in those days, and the guys were coming home from Korea, and they were lifting their arms up, and they were black suits. They were little padded suits they were wearing, and I also recall they were spraying them with DDT, I seem to remember. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's what was happening in 1953. And then I forgot about it. Terry Moore, I remember, was in the newspaper. She was a little movie star then, and all the troops were being welcomed home by Terry Moore. Okay? Now it's 2010, and last year I find out that, oh, my God, that there are men that are still there. So we're going to be offering you ideas and values on this program on a regular basis. Please pick up a torch if you want to pick up the torch for this one after you've heard about it, well, you, you can get his email. It should be on the website um, over at wakingupinamerica.com, and you can say, what can I do to help? Or you can go to Republic for the United States. Uh, right, it's in transition now. Republicoftheunitedstates.org, and you can sign up for the Republic so that you can make sure that travesties like this never occur. I don't mind if somebody missed it up for a month or so, but to think that this has been going on for over half a century, give me a break. Bob Dumas, I'd like to welcome you for the second time to Waking Up in America and apologize to you, sir, for the fact that this nation has not gotten your brother and all the rest of those men and women over their home now. I appreciate so there. that. It's a long, hot fight, believe me, and there's not too many people that can get behind it like some of us have since 1950. Well, Ed Asner introduced me to you, if you recall. <laughs> Ed, is, Ed is one of my dear friends. Yes. So Ed has the time to do stuff like this, and Ed's old and has trouble walking sometimes. <laughs> he had the operation on his hip recently. That would be the fourth one. So here's the deal. How old were you in 1953? 21. And so why weren't you over there? I was. I was oh, there so you were over there, and then you were one of the lucky ones. Yeah, I had five brothers over there. Five brothers? At one time. Isn't yeah. that illegal? I didn't sure, know you could put that many to, brothers in a family. Have two. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. But we were losing so many men, they had no choice. They were sending them over right and left. Don't forget, now, uh, the three-year war, less than three years, we were the most devastating war in the history of this country. Even Still? in World War II. And in the last time of three years, we lost 54,000 killed, 200,000 wounded, um, 21,000 missing in prisoner of war. So that was devastating. Wow. Yeah, that, yeah those are the official figures. How many were missing in action? Uh, right now there's 8,200, but they're not missing. They're all prisoners. No, I, the government, the government I, know that. Them, I don't know if it's actually missing. They're all prisoners, okay? Yeah. I, I realize would like that. everybody to know that they're... Missing, not prisoners, but they are prisoners of war. 
Exactly. And the reason they're still bloody prisoners of war is because the darn government won't bring them home because they don't want to negotiate with treason people. That's right. Damn. We have never negotiated for one prisoner of war in the history of this country. That's well, that's something we're going to change. World War One. Honest to God. When I brought that up at, the, at a briefing in Washington many times, I said, how come we don't buy them back like other countries do? Oh, we don't do that. We don't uh, buy anybody back. We don't trade for anybody. We don't uh, talk to terrorists. I said, they're not terrorists. These are people that we fought in the war. These are prisoners of war, not terrorist nations. These are prisoners of war back in 1953. Korea was, a, was not a terrorist nation in 53. Well, they wouldn't give you another answer. That was the end of that. So how many times have you been to Washington, Bob? Uh, 134 times since 1953. 134 times. Right, and I get the same answer every time I go. (laughs) Now, what do they say every time you go? There never was one prisoner of war ever left behind in this country. Never. And that's a total lie because they have all the evidence, their own evidence, their own intelligence reports. Oh, so they tell you that there are no prisoners. What's that again? What they tell you is there are no prisoners. Oh, yeah, there were never any prisoners left behind. They were missing, but no prisoners. Okay. <laughs> so they slipped them over sideways in the right. sideways category That's called right. missing. That's the way it's always been. They never changed that way of doing it. So have you ever had anybody cooperating with you? Uh, yes. A major general retired. I speak with him almost every week. He's from New Mexico, General Montano. He wrote a letter to President Obama about four months ago, asking Obama to meet with me and him in Washington at the White House, and they refused. They don't want to meet with people that uh, know what they're talking about. That's the way that's the all these years. Now, you actually, when was the last report that your brother was alive and well? Or alive and alive. 2007. And where was he seen? North of uh, Pyongyang, three, two and a half hours north of Pyongyang in the mountain camp area. That's where they're holding all of our prisoners from 1957 that were in a prison camp, uh, a prison cell in Pyongyang, the university. Then they moved them all in 57 up to the mining camp areas when Kim Il-sung made an example of the prisoners by telling the world that he wasn't going to release any more prisoners unrepatriated because our country refused to repatriate the prisoners we were holding, Chinese and North Koreans, to go back and live under communism. So we sent them all to Taiwan. So we still have all the Chinese prisoners oh, sure. and stuff? Sure. They're what? in Taiwan, they're in Japan, they're in South Korea. So we're we're paying money to keep war prisoners from these wars? That's right. Been doing it it is. This is crazy. I know it is because we just gave them... Why our... don't we give them their people back? Because in 1953, at the last meeting on the 38th parallel between General Cho and our admiral who was in charge of the uh, American side... General Cho says we're not going to release any more unrepatriated prisoners of war until you release ours. I and don't blame him. Yeah, and the American I don't admiral, blame him. And the American admiral said, well, we're not going to send them back, and that was the end of it. So it I can't believe I haven't gotten an email yet. Um, send me an email at val at wakingupinamerica.com and put your comments in here because this is bloody outrageous what's going on here. Oh, look, you know what I just got? Oh, my God. <laughs> We'll have to have Kelby talk about this later, but what I got was new identification for the Republic of the United States of America. That's a whole subject in its own. And I want to make sure that after you tell your story, Bob, that you have a chance for um, Debbie and Kelby and Ken 
to give you some information because I think we can make a difference in this situation that's been a no-lose, no-win situation for you. So, well, it's gone on. It's gone on for 59 years, and I think it should stop somewhere along the line <laughs> before we're all I dead. I like to think so, too. And But before we, we, we move on, I want to open this up for questions. Make sure you tell them, what uh, our listening audience, what a slave's normal working day is like and right. how that works right. and how many days, you know, that whole thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, you want to do that now? You want me to yeah, do that I do. Now? Right okay. now. <laughs> what happened was in 2007, a businessman from this country went to North Korea on business, selling uh, leather goods or buying leather goods, either one. I don't, I'm not sure which way it was. Anyway, when he got back, he called the Pentagon and told the Pentagon that he went up into the northern part of North Korea. He's 28 years old, by the way, this businessman. And he says, I met some American POWs, and one of them was my brother, Roger Dumas, and 11 or 12 others he interviewed were different people. I have all the names here that he interviewed. One was a Lieutenant Gibson, who was captured in 1930 with my brother at the same time. Yeah, read all the names you have. Well, I don't have them right in front of me now, but they're here. Okay, remember, put as many of these names out into the radio waves yeah. as you can right now, because as an audience, I'm going to invite you to just hear these guys' names, know that yeah. they spent 59 years working six hours a day, and he'll fill you in on the rest of that, and that right. we're doing is what we're calling them back to us, okay? And right. let's just kind of like energetically tug them back towards us. We'll not right. worry about what the other government is doing and all that kind of stuff, because... They're irrelevant here. Okay? Right. So right we're going to start tugging these guys back, and we're going to start thinking of ways that we all might be able to contribute to this. And right. Different tools that we have at our fingertips to accentuate this, and the radio show team will share what they've come up with you. And um, so let's just take a moment here and invite the listening audience as you re- as you recite as many of the names as you can right. to actually pull these guys and gals back. Okay. Okay. Uh, the second one, uh, the first one was Lieutenant Gibson, my brother Roger Dumas, uh, Mr. Jacobs. I don't have the addresses for all these men yet, but we have them all listed. Uh, Mr. McCaskill, from Minnesota, there's one from Minnesota. If you can uh, give the states that they're from, do uh, you know the states? Yeah, he gave some of the states from the, the interview. Okay, the ones you had. know, I, I want it to be easier for people, like if they're from North Dakota, they'll feel closer to a North Dakota yeah, person or a, something. You know what there, I'm saying. They'll take care of their... Yeah. Their kid home. There was a father Capone from uh, Kansas. I don't have the address of his uh, home in Kansas, but that's where he said he was from. Kansas. No, we don't. It's, it's just best to use the um, cities or the states. Yeah. Well, that's about it for now. That's all I have in. Okay. So, right now. as you learn more, you can share that with us. Okay. Right. Right. So, in lieu of what we were talking about, right. Debbie, <laughs> where does this story get you? I am so close to the loss of words, I cannot believe that this can still be going on. Uh, Bob, what have what have you done as far as, like, Internet advertising or posting things? I mean, I happen to do just a Google search on your name, and the only thing I found was it looks like last year's show with Ed Asner yeah. and uh, then some other goofy people that aren't you. But um, I see here it says over 53,000 are still missing. There was 54,000 killed. Okay. And 8,200 still missing. According to the government, my figures are even higher than theirs from what I investigated in the last 59 years. They don't never tell you the truth. 
But, yeah, I guess we kind of... The lower number sounds better than the higher number. The lower uh, number sounds better than the higher number. To the and especially if they're missing, then you don't have to be responsible for doing anything. That's right. That's right. You know, I was the first, I was the first person in North Korea called in 1985. I was in federal court getting a status change. They had carried my brother as a prisoner all those years. Been, they made me go to court to get a status change when I didn't have to. And the North Koreans called me while I was in federal court one night at my home. And I went to New York. They wanted to meet me about the prisoner issue. And I spent two hours with them in New York. The ambassador, Pat Dillon, who's there in New York now, he's been there for many years. And he said, your country refuses to talk to us about the prisoners in our country. We want to settle this issue. We can never have a peace treaty with their country as long as there's still an armistice. And, and that was 1985, issue. right? Yeah, I was 85 when they first called me, in 1985. And I've had 20-something meetings with them in New York all these years. And, and they all talk about the same thing. I said, why do you have a nuclear issue problem? Well, he said, we wouldn't have a nuclear issue problem if your country would talk to us about the prisoner issue. I said, well, they're not going to, because everybody just has been presumed dead. (laughs) So, Bob, we're going to introduce you to a new government today, okay? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) We're rather pleased with ourselves. Forgive us, okay? The the numbers on this are just growing so rapidly, you can't believe it. We've even had to get identification cards and stuff. (laughs) And um, what I want to do is actually, Kelby is going to be talking to us in a uh, in a moment or so, about our new identification for the republic, mm-hmm. and um, listen closely, man, because we're this is the place you go where you can get people that will negotiate because our government is legitimate and we are interested in these things. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we can put the we have grand juries in all of the states, and we can put this before a grand jury. Oh, I'd love that. I mean, and I'm a, part of a federal grand jury, or it could be. I'm sorry, I'm not really technically anymore, but the federal grand jury can actually take this on. Okay. Yes, I was told that recently by. Uh, so, well, I'm just letting you know that we're here to give you the good news. <laughs> good, good. So, good, Debbie, I'm is glad. there anything else you wanted to say to this wonderful guy before uh, <laughs> we go to Kelby? Well, well, the only, yeah, well, the only thing I want to say is that uh, I introduced uh, a very important gentleman in this country to the North Koreans in 1987, and he was going to North Korea to bring home some live Americans when he was stopped by the State Department. There you go. If you and want to know who he is, I'll tell you who he is. <laughs> okay, tell us. Everybody who knows is. who he is. <laughs> Do you want me to? Yeah. It's Reverend Jackson. Oh, I met him actually at Barack. Yeah, when he was running for president in 1987. <laughs> That's very interesting. And then, I introduced well, him we, to the ambassador. We're not going to go where he disappeared into the no. woodwork right now no. because no. I want. Yeah. The, the, your story is just so deep and so meaningful. Oh, it's so much. And it's, but it's I so want you to get some information, okay? I want you to get information because we can help you. And I already talked to CW about it. Okay. Who obviously hasn't been able to get on the call yet, but I did talk to him about it, and he's really willing to do something with you. And I want you to hear two other people that are also in very good positions to help. So, um, Kelby Smith, um, I did get that. Hi thing from Tim <laughs> about the new identification, so mm. you might want to... Do you have that, the one that came in at 1215? No, uh, yeah, I do. Um, basically, that was spun because people are questioning the cost of the identification. First, I'd like to uh, address this gentleman um, whose brother is uh, in, a, in, a, in a prison in a foreign country. 
Um, Debbie, being the fact that you are a senator, I would suggest that we develop a committee on the Senate level that would investigate these numbers and make a declaration um, as to what uh, our intentions as a de jure government for the Republic of the United States is uh, as our intent for uh, freeing these people. Um, if at the very least uh, we don't understand the political ramifications of why these people are still locked up, but if we can set a precedence and start the review at a Senate level, I think that would be uh, um, a good start. Yeah, this but, is certainly our oldest piece of business, Kelby. And, no, you know, I, I'm in the House, and I'll, I'll talk to Mark Lonsberry about this, too. Yeah. Um, regarding the uh, identification, um, look, that's a big, 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 big milestone. That isn't just going and printing up some documents and, and getting them out there. That is one of the republic's hoorahs that we can celebrate as a people, and it is a very, very large milestone for us. It's where people on the land can have identification that is legitimate, that is irrefutable, and uh, they can travel. They can do all the things that they used to do with the driver's license, and it starts today. The website address is bureauofrepublicrecords.org. Again, bureauofrepublicrecords.org. That website is up. I understand there's a couple of glitches, but it does produce identifications for and by the people. Now, automatically people are coming up with the questions, why is there a fee? And I'm going to address that. There's a fee at the DMV, and it's a lot more, because when they pull you over, they give you tickets, and they bring you into court, and they fine you ridiculous things for traveling down the street. So if you want to compare fees, don't do that. You will lose. This fee is to cover expenses that went out from a private party to help this republic that were promised they would be repaid as quickly as possible, plus the equipment that we need for our passports, which is able to be done now, is $100,000. So when I'm the sorry, funding happens, that? it's Why over $100,000 for the equipment for our passports. Oh, wow. So for people to understand this nominal fee of, of, of a few dollars to get your identification is going back to pay the people back that fronted the money so you could have it and be the first to get this identification. I'm telling you right now, Already people are out there with it. Already people have been confronted. Already people have been on the streets with it and handed it to a police officer. And uh, my understanding is having success because they can't say you didn't hand them identification. You did. You handed them a piece of ID. And they okay, just so don't know about it yet at this time. That's really good, Kelby. Why don't you tell Bob what the Republic, what this identification is for? Because he's probably kind of intrigued by now. But he doesn't well, yeah. know the full. Uh, he doesn't fully know what it is that we pulled off in Utah. He doesn't know anything about New yeah, Utah, Bob, November twelfth to fourteenth. Ken is way better at this than me. I'm going to break it down, and then Ken will bore you with a lot of really good stuff that will help <laughs> you really understand it. Um, the bottom line is, in in the late 1800s and 1871, the 41st Congress incorporated the all capital letters United States of America in Delaware, and they also set aside a 10-square-mile uh, area called the District of Columbia and gave that corporation 
the jurisdictional rights to that area, the District of Columbia. And from that time forward, that corporation started incorporating states to take the republic's duties and responsibilities. And so what we think of is our government is nothing more than a private corporation owned by the International Monetary Fund. That is the bottom line. And the beautiful bottom line is that we could do this because they didn't do their paperwork right, okay? Correct. So we're actually the only legitimate government of this country, and all our job now is to let people know that we exist. And that's why when Kelby was saying those those um, cards were such a big, 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 big breakthrough, mm-hmm. Bob, mm-hmm. because right. we now have some kind of symbol or some kind of documents to pass to another and say, no, we don't live with you anymore. We actually, because our government will negotiate with the North Koreans. Well, I would hope so. After well, I'm just saying, years. you got it now. It's finally happened. Yeah, well, I hope so. You're they right. Yep, you do, and we are. But, and, what I uh, left out, Bob, is um, when, they, when they vacated those seats for the real government, meaning the original de jure trust formation of the yeah. government, mm-hmm. all we did was re-inhabit those seats and reestablish the original de jure government. That's who we are. Yeah, we just, it's like Congress walked out, Bob, yeah. and said, uh, you know, I'm, I don't want to do this the way it's supposed to be done anymore, and we walked in and we said, okay, we will. And, and so we took those seats and we said, we'll do all the legitimate things that it takes to make this happen. And our papers are registered with the Hague, the whole thing. We're recognized by over 100 countries at this point. Um, it's just a matter of, it would be like trying to stop a beautiful flower from growing, you know? Right, right. So they pass that's... laws in this country, but they don't follow them up. They never pass. <laughs> they pass hey, laws, listen. but they don't... <laughs> Take no. a look at the law books. The law books for the driving in the state of California, oh my God. The last time I saw it, that thing was two volumes, about six inches. Okay? That's well, not necessary. No, not at all. None of that's necessary. Wasted paper. Well, it's it's all because it's all commercial, and they keep trying to find find new ways to make money. Our government operates from an entirely different place. And if you want to check that out, Bob, do you have something to write with, Bob? Write down Republic of the United States dot org. And the lowercase u, lowercase u on the United, because that separates us makes us not the same as the corporation. You look that up, you go over there, and you sign up, okay? Wait a minute, honey. It's Republic, Republic, Republic of the United States, right? Republic of, of the United States. United States dot org. Uh, .org. I got it. Okay, so go over and sign up. <laughs> Stick around on the <laughs> program for a while longer. I will. Because I, I, I just want to, it's like I'm tired of giving everybody all the details. We put details on the air for over a year. Now it's like time mm. to get in action and notice that there's a fire burning over here, and it's the mm. fire of possibility and passion. Uh, yeah. King Cousins, any comments here? Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, <clears throat> excuse me, um, well, I don't have a comment, but if you want to wait till after the break, I have some Interesting historical context that I'd like to add to give uh, uh, give a little clarity as to what the real agenda is over there in that part of the world. So, oh, that'd uh, be really that'd be cool. Yeah, why don't you really cool. uh, do your break time and then I'll I'll do that after. See, he knows what I'm going to do all the time. That's what it's like <laughs> when they've been around for a while. Yeah. This is actually the time, Bob, when we thank people. 
for mm-hmm. um, keeping us on the air and mm-hmm. doing nice things for us over the years. We want to thank Stardust, who's a you do a mailing list that's really high quality people that actually buy things. It's very exciting. It's got over a hundred thousand people on that list, and um, I always look to see what's being sent because they're always interesting things. And you can reach Raw at eight two eight. Six six five zero four one one, or you can hop right over to our website, which is wakingupinamerica.com, and um, you can find all kinds of good things there. You can find our sponsors on the homepage. You can um, see the funny picture of Bob. <laughs> Somebody decided to put a picture of the website with Bob with pinkish yellow eyes. I don't know. He really doesn't look like that. I know that for a fact. Okay. Yeah. Um, You'll check out our other sponsors there. Uh, Please feel free to go into our our Republic Restored section. Um, There's actually videos in there. It's very interesting. There's a video that's been circulating over the Internet, and it has to do with the Kennedy assassination. And and the video shows, and you can see the driver reaching over his shoulder and shooting the person, okay, being the president. And then... um, you go, oh, my God, the driver shot the person. Why have they kept me this way all these years, blah, 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 blah. And then you have a video that was actually where the same video was stopped, and it was shown very slowly mm. and frame by frame, and it turns out that there's just a certain coincidence that occurs, mm. a certain kind of um, proximity of lights and shadows and things like that, and the, the gun is actually an illusion. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that... I, I want you, as you think about the commercials and the things of what you're doing here in life, is you know what illusions are you buying into? And what we're selling here is mm-hmm. higher, swifter, stronger, um, let's get it done, things of that nature. And we do products and services that reflect that. And we also know that you need to rest sometimes. Mm-hmm. So part of the rest that's needed, I think, is always San Pancho, Mexico. I love the place. Okay, 45 minutes north of Puerto Vallarta. And... The Mexicans have been done in by the media, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's not, they didn't start the swine flu, and pigs never had it, okay? So you can actually go to um, Roberta's bungalows in, in beautiful San Pancho, and because of all the stuff that's been going on, they probably actually have lower prices now than they did before. I love this place, and I'll be down there probably um, right after the first of the year. 971-239-4120. That's 971-239-4120. Tell them that Val sent you from Waking Up in America, and I'm sure they'll give you a discount. Let yourself fantasize. This place is worth it. Um, And their names are Steve and Diana, by the way. Also, I do an amazing emotional clearing process called Directed Breath, and you can call me at 310-455-8623, and I would be happy to give you a free consultation. So... Those are one group of people, and that group of people have been sponsoring us for absolutely years. I'm going to say at least five or ten. New this last year is EmergencyManagementSolutions.org with um, C.W. Wright, who's I'm really proud of him. Are you here yet, C.W.? Could you get in? Uh, obviously, couldn't get into a, a good airspace to contact. He actually co-hosts the Saturday show with me, which is Our American Cafe heard at 6 a.m. here in Pacific Time in California. And uh, people in New York love it because it's at 9. And CW and I host that show and have some very interesting guests, and you're invited, and that's out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. And you can visit um, 
KTBL at and look at the 7 a.m. show there because that's when it is in Albuquerque, and you will find us, and you can hook right in. So we'd love to have you do that. Uh, there are those. Of, somebody sent me an email this week saying that they had caught a virus off the Waking America site. Like any good mother, I was horrified. And so I had the site checked for viruses, and nobody can find any. So if anybody else has any problems like that, again, please let us know because we're very responsive to these issues. Also, a lot of callers called and wrote last week saying that they could not get through from our webpage to the Voice America website to replay the show. To those listeners, I say thank you for your cards and letters of letting me know because it took us four days to find out what it was and it was really a minor issue of like a word that had changed and nobody knew. So <clears throat> all that's been fixed up and you should be having no problem getting here. Bob, I'm going to pass the conversation on right now. Um, we normally have a terrific guy here named Dr. Rutledge mm-hmm. that gives us information on health. He's been he's been in Ireland with his mom and a group of great people, and uh, I guess he's just not <laughs> back yet. So uh, if you listen to the f- show in the future, and I hope you do, mm-hmm. um, you'll be very interested in Dr. Rutledge's processes, and I wanted to give him credit on the air today because I have been on his program since last Friday, and last Friday I weighed 191.8 ounces, and today I weigh 184 ounces. Oh, very good. 184 pounds, zero ounces. <laughs> so I would like to say to you in your abstentia, Dr. Rutledge, though you are not here, your work is at work. With that, um, Bob, we're going to move over to Debbie Ringchop, and she's a senator from actually the, the Republic of California. Okay. So um, we'll see what Debbie has to say today. Thank you. Are you Debbie? Asking Debbie to be here right now? Yeah, I am. It's time, I darling. Am, I am so into what he what um, Kelby brought up. Something that I'm definitely bringing to the Senate floor, and between the two of us, I mean, we're going to definitely get this issue on the table. And if somebody researching it, so uh, contact wise. I asked earlier, do you have some kind of website or anything to that effect, or is it pretty much just do you stand uh, alone uh-huh. and, and what little has been out there? I saw there's a few YouTubes maybe, but how? what's the best way for people to get information to and from you? Are you talking to me, Debbie? Yes, I am, Bob. Oh, I'm sorry. I had uh, some buzzing going on in my end. Uh, I have my own, uh, uh, not a website, I just have my email address, that's all. I've worked alone for 59 years, almost 59 years, wow. except for my nephew. My nephew in California did a video of my uh, work. It's called Missing Presumed Dead, and it tells the whole story about the hearings we had in Washington where they were presented evidence that live Americans are still being held in North Korea, and they closed the hearings down once they found that out. All the hearings were closed down. But we had some good people that were backing us up, but they were shut up by the government. You know, the old story goes that uh, don't let anybody know there's live Americans anywhere in the world. Amazing. That were captured. Well, I have really. no idea what it takes to get through all the uh, red tape that they have. I don't think there's going to be that much red tape because we're not going to do their thing. Well, I, I, think that, I think that as we show up as ambassadors, remember I told you I thought we were supposed to be ambassadors too? 
mm-hmm. <clears throat> as we show up, say, to ambassadors to Korea, I am perfectly capable of going in there and saying, hey, I'd like to arrange release of these prisoners, and we're, we, I think we can take the whole thing to the grand, grand jury and have the grand jury we force have the, 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 the herewith to actually get people out of prison here in our country, and so there's obviously political prisoners the other way around that yeah. release yeah. them back. And I want the other people to get to go home, too, for God's sake. Everybody I didn't even, should be home. Nobody I should. didn't even know until today that we were holding other prisoners still from other countries. Who knew that? Yeah. Uh, it's, I, and I, I highly doubt that most of the people that are in the government even know that this was going on either, but obviously there's a few that have been holding back, but boy, have we seen so many things, and this is just it, the top of the pie, I swear. I, isn't it? Isn't it? Excuse me a minute, Debbie and uh, Val. I just got an email just now. Fabulous. Uh, yeah, listen to this. It's from an intelligence officer in Seattle, Washington. His name is Mr. Eichner. He had just sent an email to... Uh, Former Governor Richardson in uh, New Mexico in Albuquerque, or I, I believe it's Albuquerque, or wherever he, Santa Fe somewhere, and he got uh, he told the the ambassador, not the ambassador, but uh, Mr. Richardson is going to North Korea next week. <laughs> no. Really? Yeah, he's going to North it. Korea, and uh, Mr. Eisner, the intelligence officer, is asking him to ask the North Koreans to settle the prison war issue. Now. Oh. Oh. Governor Richardson been to North Korea seven times, and seven times he has never asked about live Americans. Well, it's about time, isn't it? It's about time. So he's asking him this time to set up a meeting for Mr. the intelligence officer in China, in Beijing, China, and he will meet with the North Koreans in Beijing, China, and open up the door for these men to come home. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, the Pentagon, if you call the DTMO office, which is a prisoner war office in the Pentagon, they'll deny everything. There never was any Americans. But I've got 150 documents right in front of me that says we have live Americans in North Korea for 59 years. Well, we also, besides the live Americans, the fact that we've got live Chinese and live Vietnamese That's and right. stuff like that, side. that is equally disgusting to me. Same thing. Same thing. No difference. Nobody was released on both sides. It's been recognized, so I guess it's time to recognize a whole lot more. Yeah, well, when he presumed everybody dead in 1954, they're not going to look for a, a live man once they presume you're dead. You're dead, period, even though they knew you were living. That's a legal way of killing everyone. Well, when I went to federal court in 1985, I won my case, and the federal judge says, what kind of a country are we living in that you leave men behind all these years? And the U.S. attorney says, well, I only do what they tell me, Your Honor. And what do they tell you? They tell me that they can't let anything out until the year 2015 on the prison war issue. He said, by then, the judge said they'll all be dead. So you won't have any answers. When the world happened in 2015 was expected. Some treaty, some what? Really, I think it may be that they're all dead because... No, well, it would once be they're all dead, there won't be no answers. I'm so just saying, will ever know. maybe they want them all to be dead so they can't talk. Maybe there's something they don't want them to say. There's 90,000 prisoners, uh, 90,000 men missing in action from this country, from all wars, and not one has been accounted for. How do you figure that one out? Figure that. Well, Tell I know me a what's lot wrong of them here. Something's now. wrong here. Something is radically wrong. Now, every senator and congressman, uh, uh, Debbie, are you a United States senator? I am for the Republic of the United States, yes. All right. So every senator I want to wait, before you get going, I want you to realize that she's a senator 
<clears throat> of a different government than you think she's a senator of. No, no, I, I understand now what you explained to me before. That, okay, good. I understand that now. But the thing is, every United States senator in, in Washington now and, and, and representative have been told about this for years and years and years, but every time they want to help us, somebody gets them in the back room and says, don't touch this. It's an embarrassment no, I, I, to I our country. I, I totally get it. It's embarrassment to our country. Don't talk about live POW. Nobody wants to hear that. Not in Washington. Well, that's that. why I said you're in a different you're in a different room now. Okay, <coughs> the people in this room are listening to you. You're in a radio room, radio capsule, mm-hmm. and a, and different people here are listening to you very differently. Uh, Deb, anything uh, more you wanted to say before we go into Kelby? I think we have other people we need to hear from right now. Yeah. So, Kelby, what would you like to say to Bob before we have our historian give him the fact? Are you there, Calvi? I think he's gone somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if he went away or he's muted Let's or... In he with thought, Ken. I want to hear what Ken had to say. I about. do, too. I do, too. Come on over, Ken. Historian, oh, Ken. L- little old me standing here in the corner in the dark. You want me to talk? <laughs> <laughs> Come join the glowing circle, sir. Okay. Well, let's start with uh, uh, the quote, I believe I... Um, brought out the first show that I was on, that old famous quote of our friend Franklin Delano Roosevelt, when he said, uh, nothing in history happens by accident. So let's uh, frame this out within the context that none of events in history, especially the last 150 years, have happened by accident, and therefore everything that has happened or not, as the case may be, has to be looked at as purposeful within the agenda. So what would be the agenda? Let's go back into history, into Asia in the 1860s, 1870s. In the 1860s, you have Britain establishing a hold on China through the Opium Wars and establishing the international zone in Shanghai that then set up the link between Shanghai and Hong Kong for the banking that would take place in Asia. Uh, secondly, in 1868, you have what's called the Meiji Restoration of the Japanese Emperor because Japan was controlled by the shogun system, the Yakuza's, the, uh, basically the mafia-type families for hundreds of years. And they restored the emperor so that they could create a focal point in Japan to mobilize a militaristic Japan into the 20th century. So they created the cult of the emperor. And Why who are they? Important? They. Who are <laughs> the they? Masters. They, the world masters. Those okay, it's good to say. I like hearing it. Okay. 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 So why is this important relative to Korea? Well, the history is that Korea actually was the most vibrant, uh, culturally advanced um, uh, people in Asia uh, during this period, the, the late 1800s. Uh, they were unified people. They were very culturally advanced and uh, very uh, integrated in a balanced society. Uh, Japan did not like that, to say the least. They purposefully targeted Korea. It's a vast history that we don't have time to go over, but suffice to say, they, as part of their hegemony uh, agenda throughout Asia, began disrupting uh, the Asian um, hemisphere. Um, and they um, 
penetrated into Korea. They penetrated into Manchuria. The Russian-Japanese War of 1905 took place, and basically it was all towards uh, destabilizing. And if you look throughout history in all the major sectors like the Balkans, Africa, uh, the situation in Korea, uh, there's always a destabilizing and a dividing and conquering. So because of so the who, The masters wanted to destabilize Asia, is that it? Well, they or the British rule or what? Well, they wanted to destabilize the whole planet. Um, and why would they uh, do that, Ken? Why would they destabilize the whole planet? To create political structures of uh, polarization, uh, uh, divide and conquer. Uh, I mean, it would take us a lot to go into all of so that. So you're talking about a small group of people wanting to actually have the entire planet under their control. Well, of course. That's what we're always talking about. Okay, so when we're talking about that... I think what people need to know is we're only talking about 7 to 12 people, right? Well, no, no. It's much more than that. People say that there's 12 or 13 families, um, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's many tens of thousands of people who participate. At the highest level, there's probably several hundred or several thousand. Um, but, uh, you know, each successive level is set up to perform whatever function is required whether it's political, military, monetary, or media, or or what have you, but and Korea had it done. too good, right? Well, Korea like was Korea was too. The, they needed to pull Korea down for some reason. Well, and if you look at the strategic position of the geography, the peninsula, where it links to China, where it positions relative to Japan, where it positions relative to Russia, by keeping uh, by destroying the Korean um, cultural balanced society and turning it into the polarized system that we see today, uh, that's been an agenda for 150 years. Wow. And was the leading focal point of that. And um, so, um, so, like I said, this started in the eight, late 1800s, the Russian-Japanese War of 1905, and then Japan progressively becoming more and more militaristic during the first half of the of the 20th century. Have you ever been in Seoul? Pardon? Have you ever been in Seoul? Uh, just in the airport. I've never been in. Yeah. The what did you remember at the airport when you were sitting in Seoul? When you looked to your left? Uh, I don't know. What it's the 54th parallel. Oh, yeah. Runs sure. through Seoul Airport, and what you see oh, when okay. you look left is you see the machine gun turrets from the Korean War. So mm-hmm. we'll, I want to I fast forward to the relevance for Bob here about why these people would be keeping prisoners on both sides and not returning them. What does that do? Well, the, okay, well, the key, for one, is that uh, there's never been a formal settling by a, a treaty of the, the war between North and South. So there has always been an undeclared state of war in Korea for the last 50 years. And, and very simply, what is the purpose? To maintain a destabilizing presence between Russia, China, and Japan with Korea in the middle. And North Korea is an asset of the cabal, whether we call it the Bush team, or the, you know, the Illuminati, the controllers of the planet. North Korea has always been a controlled asset, okay? Japan, by and large, has been a controlled economic asset of the uh, Rockefeller 
uh, team since World War II. See, what you have to understand is at the end of World War II, MacArthur went into uh, Japan, got the unconditional surrender, and then basically moved United States Incorporated into Japan to take over its industry and <laughs> banking. It just never ends, does it? Yeah. Now, there's another very interesting uh, historical fact very few people know about. Japan during World War II literally systematically swept through all of Asia. It, it occupied 17 countries. Every single one, literally a door-to-door search uh, through temples, through private homes, through everything, banks, you name it, and systematically looted every item of wealth and value, gold, diamonds, you name it, and progressively started moving that back towards Japan. But by 19... I'm sorry, which country was looted? Uh, all the Southeast Asian countries by Japan, Indonesia, Burma, you know... They all the went through districts. people's homes and took everything of value? Literally, literally. Um, and what, when was this? Well, 1937, 38 through 1945. Wow. Um, the vast it's been a long time going pressure. on. Yeah. So they started taking it back to Japan, but by 1942, the U.S. was able to blockade a lot of the, the naval activities. So Japan controlled the Philippines, and they, from 42 through 45, the Philippines became this vast repository of gold and diamonds. And that was under Marcos, right? Well, Marcos, no, he wasn't there yet. Um, but Japan literally uh, created hundreds of subterranean. We need to. Um, um, we need to um, bring this to more. Up. Okay. Okay. No. Well, let me just finish. The, the point is this: after World War II was ended, all that treasure was systematically used to underwrite something called the Black Pearl Trust, that became the secret operating fund of the CIA to manipulate. Worldwide, but specifically in Asia, <laughs> to the Korean War oh and the God. Vietnamese War and all of that. So let's get down to the point. Why would they keep those men there? Yeah. Not, okay. Because it's another method of destabilizing and creating um, the kind of uh, instability, socially, economically, what have you, psychically, um, that is used to control the people of this world. Well, guess so, what? They're going to lose that. Well, of course. So, but that's, I mean, we skipped over a lot of detail, but that's a brief context. We did, and the details are good. Uh, um, I I just want to make sure everybody can hold the picture. Bob, you've just gotten some very interesting information. Um, Where does this sit with what what you've seen and what you know, and do you have any questions? Well, it, it matches what I've been saying all along for the 59 years that I've been doing this, that uh, the destabilization of Korea is still in effect. South and North Korea want to be unified on both sides, but this country is stopping them from unification because of the prisoner issue. Now, South well, Korea... Well, the prisoner issue, them. Bob, is what they're using to yeah. create the unstable... The, right. They could have picked another issue, but they picked prisoners. Now, I, talked to, Amba- I, I talked to Ambassador Pat Lillian about a year ago in New York, uh, North Korean ambassador, and I said, what would happen to your country, Ambassador? If you were to send a missile to Japan, San Francisco, or, or South Korea, what would happen to your country in, say, 15 minutes later? He said, Mr. Dumas, we wouldn't have no country in 15 minutes. We send one missile anywhere, we are destroyed, period. Are we stupid or what? No, we're literate. And my country is literate. 
96% of the North Koreans are literate, not illiterate. They are literate. He said, you think we're stupid to do this? I said, then why are you using the nuclear issue so much in order to get attention for your country? He said, because we tried to get attention for the POW issue in 1954, and your country refused. They walked away from the last big meeting we had when we wanted all prisoners to release under the Geneva Convention rules of 1948. And he said, your country did not want to give back our Chinese and North Koreans. We had no choice but to keep yours. And that was the end of it right there. So it's been an armistice since 1954 or 53, and there will never be any release of prisoners until a, uh, until a, uh, uh, a peace treaty is signed by both countries. But this country refuses. Right. Period. Because, yeah, because it, it becomes the, uh, it's a focal point, a fulcrum by which that whole area can be right. manipulated by the, you know, the superstructure agenda on the planet. Right. Um, you know, how can you release prisoners of war if there's no peace treaty? Because well, technically, they're still at war. 1996, this is uh, during the Olympics in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I received a phone call from Mr. Uh, Mr. Bob... Uh, uh, he's, he's a businessman in New Jersey. And uh, he called me and he says, I'm going over to North Korea, and I'm going to talk to, about the, uh, to the North Koreans about the Atlantic Olympic. They don't have any money to send a team over here. And I'm going to ask them, if they would release some prisoners of war, I will pay for their team to come over here to Atlanta. This is 1996. Bob, I've just gotten an email, okay? Okay. And I, I want to read it to you. Val... As members of the Republic, we think we know things. The foreign corporate government is totally insane. Maybe by the time 2012 comes around, they will just disintegrate because they do not have love or appreciation for God's creators or gift. <clears throat> you forward Bob my info and whoever needs it. And by the way, wow, the news site, the IDs, things moving forward, you are all beautiful, and that is from Contessa. And so I'm actually going to forward this email to you right now, okay? Mm-hmm. And where do you want me to forward it to? So you can do that really nice and slow so the listening audience gets your email too, okay? Mm-hmm. So where do you want me to forward this to? To my email address. Which is? Bob Dumas. B-O-B-D-U-M-A-S. 30. 30. At? At att.net. att.net, and Correct. here comes Contessa's story. All and right. now I got an- another email, too, that, um, that that just came in, and we like to get our listeners on the air, too, so we'll come back to you really briefly. But, um, Ken, he wants you to explain the removing of the zeros from the dinar and what it could mean to the reevaluation of the dinar, and this is from Gene Ferguson. Okay, do we have time to... I'd like... Um, Bob, I probably you've got about a minute, okay? Oh, okay. All right, well, very briefly, I'll just address that. Um, there's no way that that would happen. It would be dis- without there being a compensating increase in the currency um, because uh, if you say there's 25 trillion dinars out there, you take three zeros off that 25 billion the vast value of the economy of, of Iraq would make each dinar worth, you know, $100. So it, it can't happen. It doesn't balance out just simple math. So people need to stop worrying about that. 
Uh huh. And do you know when it's supposedly quotes coming? Are there any new? Do I, do I have any crystal ball? Yeah. Do you have? Wait, polish your crystal no. ball. Gosh darn it! No, yeah. I don't. No. It, it certainly seems like uh, it, it's here. You know, they are seating the government. They are virtually. There is a uh, United Nations Security Council meeting on the fifteenth, which is going to address lifting Chapter Seven. Those are the economic sanctions going back to ninety-one. So. Um, Anyways, we got the music, Bob. Thanks. Uh, yeah, we do got the music, Bob. Listening. Thanks. I'm going to have you back again. This is not over, buddy. Um, you've been. This program has been brought to you by the Golden Hearts Foundation in association with Kirkguard Media, our radio partners, ConingCompany.com, Dr. James Murphy and Memoriam, and we thank our producer, C.W. Wright, Emergency Management Solutions, GlobalOne.org, and L.A. Lifestyle. And Sir Jason Winters T, you guys rock. And please, you guys, check these guys out because they make it possible and they've got great products. Thank you to the team at Voice America and to Ben Migan for this music that you're listening to, Almost Ordinary People. Next week, week, invite a friend to listen and write us at val at wakingupinamerica.com. And remember, Sidious, Altius, Fortius, and let's get those guys home. Let's get the Chinese to China and the Americans back to America and whoever else wants to go home. May everybody go home for Christmas. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Hear the music, feel the dance. Hear the music, feel the Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com, and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com.